I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN F, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, Jeff, first of all, good morning to you. And I don't know, maybe just a uh, flood of guests this morning, a cornucopia. Some drop-ins, some scheduled guests. I don't know what's in store for us the next two hours. I do know we'll talk uh, with Paul Spore at the end of the show to talk baseball with him. Um, maybe a drop-by by one of our more famous betters. I, I won't even promote him, but th- that might happen uh, hour number two. One of the great football betters of all time might join us here in studio. Uh, we'll also uh, have uh, our chats with JVT on the NBA, Wes Reynolds on the PGA and anything else he's betting these days, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. We'll talk to uh, Wes with the aim to uh, get into his first comments of the uh, at the PGA this week. Southern Hills and Tulsa. Oh, boy. Golf second major. Of course, we'll talk a little bit of the, uh, about the French Open. Tennis's second major of the season with a uh, prohibitive favorite now on the uh, women's side. Of course, we know who that is. We'll go into a little sports odds history on that with our buddy Blake Mahoney will join us on the show as well. Um, no tennis this morning. We, we only had two picks. One of them's already concluded it was a winner. The other one is already underway. So that's going to be the, the week here before the French Open. There's going to be a lot of that. So some mornings we will have one that hasn't played yet. You know how it is now that the tour is in Europe on clay. We'll do a podcast later this week about the French Open. Drew Dinsick and I, he'll be on the show tomorrow. So a whole bunch of stuff going on. We still have not reached, Jeff, the doldrums of the sports summer yet. We still got a lot going on this week. Oh, and by the way, the Preakness. Extensive Preakness coverage, Jeff, daily, uh, this week on the show? No. Wait, the Preakness is Saturday? <laughs> we won't. We may not mention the Preakness. Totally useless race yeah. with no uh, no Triple Crown uh, <laughs> think, opportunity now? After this moment, do you think it will say the word Preakness till Friday? Maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, and Joe Fortenbaugh joins us as well this morning to talk NBA. How about that? I saved uh, one of the best for last. Joe Fortenbaugh joins us to talk uh, Warriors and beyond. He spent many years in San Francisco uh, covering this team through its championships, so we'll see where he stands on the NBA conference finals. And speaking of that, well, first of all, let me just say, how was your weekend? Was your weekend good, Jeff? All good? No no complaints. All right. Mine, thanks for asking. Mine was uh, I went to uh, L.A., and I uh, took my uh, girlfriend's daughter, Gracie, to a, a K-pop concert. That was my entire weekend. Went down to L.A., just traveling all over to go see the, uh, the K-pop group twice. But, uh, and it was fantastic, by the way. For those who can have an experience of taking a little girl to a K-pop concert, I really suggest it. It's a wonderful thing. But on the way there, there's a whole, they're a whole family from Toronto. 
So we're watching the Leafs game. The, the weekend kind of revolved around Game 7 of the Leafs-Lightning series as well. Everybody's super wrapped up to it, super wrapped up into it. I cannot, again, express how much it means to the people of Toronto. And the Leafs, just like my Capitals before that, cursed as always, can't get the job done. And so everyone's got him in a uh, somber mood. So we'll talk to Wes about hockey as well a little later. And Andy McNeil will join us tomorrow on that. But let's start with basketball, man. Because yesterday was so fascinating in just a couple ways. First of all, Milwaukee and Boston, Game 7, which what a series this was. We talked about how at one point, oh, was that the greatest sequence? Will, will that come back, you know, and be the, the most important sequence of, of the postseason when all is said and done, when the Celtics came back to beat the Bucks, And then we changed it and we said, oh, in Game 5, was that the most important sequence when the Bucks came back and won it late against the Celtics to take a 3-2 to two lead? Will it prove to be? And in the end, it is Boston, and in the end, a Game 7 where, what do I say, Jeff? If you look at the turnovers, if you had access to turnovers in an NFL box score, you could tell me 90% of the winners. If you had access to the three-point shooting, you could probably tell us 90% of NBA winners. The Bucks end up 4 of 33 from behind the arc in Game 7. 4 of 33. That is 12.1%. Meanwhile, Boston... 22 of 55, forget the 22 for a second, 55 three-point attempts. We're just going to let you shoot as many threes as you can. 55, that's 40%, 22 of 55. Grant Williams hit seven of them. He had a game-high 27. Giannis was 25, 20, and 9 in defeat, but he was 6 of 9 from the field to start the game yesterday, then 4 of 17 after that. He was 10, 6, and 8 in the first quarter and finished 25, 29. And he becomes the first player with a 200-150 in a series, points, rebounds, and assists, but all for naught. Boston's 22 made threes, the most in NBA Game 7 history, and Boston now into the Eastern Conference Final to take on the Miami Heat. Miami with the home court. They were the number one seed. And so a couple questions here about this, Jeffrey. One, let's go back to uh, the end of the regular season. And remember the last day of the regular season. And I sat here on the air on Monday and I said, wow, Milwaukee really did checkmate Boston on that last day. Milwaukee knew that if they tanked that last game, that the Celtics had this horrible Sophie's choice. Sorry for the dirty analogy. We win and we get to play Brooklyn. But if we lose, we have this horrible thing because we have unvaxxed players, which they wouldn't admit where we'd have to play the Raptors and we'd lose them in away games in Toronto. So let's go ahead and win that. Now, it's funny how history's like, yeah, we played the last game. They didn't. Well, you had to play. But in the end, did having Game 7 at Boston prove to be the difference maker in your opinion? It's pretty darn close to being the difference because, again, Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams combined for 37. Grant Williams... I'm pretty sure made more three-pointers yesterday than he has in the, in the entire postseason. Not, just, just guesstimating on that one, Gil. But I think it played a role. And you look back at this series for Milwaukee, Gil, more than anything, forget, forget the last day of the season, forget everything that happened through it. We look at Chris Middleton in a different light now. At least I do. We already knew he was a, an all-star. We saw him play great in the finals last year. But him not being in this series, more than anything, that's why Boston is still playing in Milwaukee. Is yeah, those Bucks shooters got it done for a game. But then after that, it was just, yeah, you could sense the, uh, the Middleton loss. I, I will say this back to my question, though. I, I think it played a role. What you said there is probably the right answer, right? Like, I think people who say, oh, it, was, it was made the entire difference. Well, no, they didn't. Like, Tatum was in foul trouble. It's not like the Celtics' big three weren't getting foul calls. I mean, they were getting called for fouls yesterday. They were rampantly. So it wasn't like the refs made the decision, you know, made, made the, were the deciding factor in that. But I think you're right. Is it, can we believe that Grant Williams and, you know, Williams and Pritchard would have that kind of three-point prowess in a Game 7 in Milwaukee? It's a little harder to believe. So, so I think it does play a role even though that's obviously nebulous and you can't really put your finger on why that would be. I think it's just hard to believe. But it, it wasn't the refs, that's for sure. But 22 of 55 versus 4 of 33, there's nothing else to say. That's it. Basketball could be really simple sometimes. 
Did your threes go in or didn't they? 22 to 4. And the other question would be the Heat, who are dogs in this series despite having home court. Of the four teams remaining, I'll say this about the Heat, what I've said before, aren't they still the team that nobody's talking about outside of Miami? Like it just feels like they're under the radar. No one's given them any real shot at winning anything. Would you bet the Heat is a dog here in the series? Or no? Boston's too good. I, I, I'm going to stay off of this series. Boston, to me, is better. But having the home court hammer when you are the best home court team in the Eastern Conference like Miami is, is a big deal. The so home court hammer. It, it just, it, it really is a very difficult series that's going to be a rock fight in all these games because these are very good defensive teams. And look, uh, this, this will be a fascinating series that I want nothing to do with from a betting perspective, at least before. It. Not pre-flop, that's right. Boston minus 180, Miami plus 150, despite having home court. Always shop around, the prices may vary. And then there was Phoenix. What the hell was that? I don't, I don't even know, like, because we were texting back and forth. By the way, we're showing Celtics minus 165, Heat plus 135 at BetMGM, Warriors minus 250, Mavericks 2-1. to one. I love the Warriors. I have a futures ticket on them, but that's too high. But, but back to yesterday, we were texting back and forth, like, is, is this the worst? Is this the most perplexing Game 7 performance of all time trying not to be a prisoner of the of trying not to be a prisoner of the moment as we always try not to be and the answer is a resounding yes 27 first half points for the Phoenix Suns the biggest halftime lead in the history of game sevens 30 points that's really the answer to the question they're down 30 as the team that's that's a, the home team at halftime yes it's the worst game seven performance ever 10 second quarter points for the Suns. At one, at, uh, breaking it down further, they had eight points in the final 11 minutes and 45 seconds of the second quarter. So basically they scored a bucket early and then eight points the rest of the way. Five points in the last 9.36 of the second quarter and two points in the last 4.21 of the second quarter. By the way, they almost went two minutes at the beginning of the third without scoring either. So that was the fatal stretch. Meanwhile, Luca. 27, Dinwiddie 21 in the first half on combined 16 of 22 shooting. How about that Wizards-Mavs trade where Porzingis went to the Wiz, Dinwiddie ending up being such a big deal. And Dallas wins by 33, and that didn't even express what big of a blowout it was. They led by 46 at one point. So Dallas won Game 7 by 33, and they won Game 6 by 27, and neither reflected as the, the really the magnitude of the blowouts they were. First time since 2011, neither of the top two seeds make the Western Conference Final. You know, remember who it was in 2011? Do you remember that series? The famous Dallas Mavericks team that won it all against Miami eventually beat? Dallas beat OKC. Yes. And um, four games to one. Had to, that wasn't, that wasn't the Bulls? What's that? Oh, I'm just trying to think of of the uh, possible other one. The Bulls? No, uh, the East Side. My mistake. No, no, we're just talking about Western. Just West. Dallas so, okay, over so, OKC. Yeah, that was the Harden yeah. Harden team. A 22 year old Durant, a 22 year old Westbrook, and a 21 year old Harden that year. We'll come back more about both of these series with JVT next. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 it's Gil alexander we ran into a wall talking about the nba but that's okay we can pick it right up where we left off with jonathan von tobel our senior nba analyst and of course co-host of the edge here on the network and the host of hardwood handicappers the podcast jeff you wanted to chime in were you leaning no, i just wanted to make sure that everyone didn't think i was crazy for randomly mentioning the bulls at the end of that totally they spent their entire break saying that to themselves God, yeah that, yeah uh, that, that so uh that yeah that, that, uh, 2011 uh east final was miami over chicago so i did get that right 2011 east final yes, yes. they yeah. get that right yeah we're just talking about the uh the west in terms of a uh, top two seeds not getting there uh jvt good morning to you how you doing man first of all good weekend uh I'm good. No, it was a good weekend. I'm a little giddy in good positions with a lot of stuff. And I just, I like good performances. So I thought what Doncic did yesterday was freaking awesome. What the Celtics did yesterday was awesome. So uh, despite some lopsided results, I thought yesterday to a certain extent, if you really looked for it, was kind of fun. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the, with the uh, Dallas Phoenix game yesterday. Cause I talked about the, the futility of Phoenix and it was epic. We've never seen anything like that in a game seven from a home team ever. Uh, Chris Paul after game two, the age may have shown the 17 years now at age 37, 17 years in the league uh, without winning a title. He will come back next year, he said. Uh, but let's focus on Luka and let's focus on what's moving forward. And, and the Warriors are, and I'm a Warriors guy, and I got a Warriors futures ticket to win it all. That's a big price on the Warriors. Um, Luka's going to be the best player on the court. He's got some soldiers now with Dinwiddie and Brunson who – maybe from his injury in the first round, got to shine a little more than they otherwise would have. Well, they certainly did. Maybe that that ended up being a fortuitous thing for the Mavericks. Where do you stand on this series price? We'll show the bet MGM numbers. Warriors minus 250 and the Mavs 2-1. to one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a really high price for Golden State. And, and look, the, the market has, I think, pretty clearly here undervalued the Dallas Mavericks. I don't think we really understand how good this team has been for a really long time. Just look at a game to game standpoint, Gil. If you go back to the regular season, this team is 16 and five against the spread in their last 21 games. They're covering numbers. The market isn't really catching up with how good they are. Look at the first series with the Utah Jazz, where, and yes, Doncic was injured, but it also it disregarded the strength of this, this depth because the Jazz were over a $3 favorite in that series to begin that thing. And they ultimately go out and they win that game and they cover every single game, or see that win that series and cover every single game. But one, I, I think the market's kind of sleeping a little bit on how much better this Mavericks team is. And also, to kind of tie into this conversation about Chris Paul, I also think they're not giving them enough credit for what they've been doing defensively, especially in that series against Phoenix. Dallas has multiple defenders who they can throw at really good guards, and now it's Steph Curry's turn to deal with the likes of Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Frank Nilakina at times. Those guys did a brilliant job on a guy like Chris Paul, and I think that you know age is part of it, but we have to give Dallas their due in terms of how well they played defensively after game two in this series. There's a reason why they went 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread to end the series because of the way that they played on that end of the 
the floor. So I would agree with you. You know, you look at the regular season series. There's not much to glean from these. The last two times these two teams played, Clay Thompson missed one, Draymond missed both. We remember about the really big comeback that the Mavericks made in their penultimate game in the regular season. Uh, season. So you don't want to derive too much from it. But for me, it's just looking how the market has handled this Mavericks team and clearly seeing that uh, I think the betting market needs to snap up a little bit their power rating on Dallas because they're a very, very good team. So you would bet the Mavericks here, 2-1. to one. Yeah, if I didn't have anything personally, it would be a, yeah. a play on the Dallas Mavericks here in this series. I think that this should be a little bit closer, like Warriors minus 175, 170, uh, as opposed to this price at this high. And it's also, it kind of ignores the flaws we saw in that Memphis series, right? I mean, right. Golden State yeah. did not really look that good, and that's a defensive-oriented team in the Memphis Grizzlies. You can get some similar defensive possessions from Dallas. So, yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, not that not that the Mavericks showing value means they're going to win. The Warriors, most beautiful thing in basketball. But, yes, I've been mm -hmm. saying that throughout the playoffs. Like, doesn't it bother people? concern people that the Warriors kind of lollygag. That's the word I've been using, lollygag through some of these games, and they just show up at the end. Uh, what about the debate they had on Inside the NBA last night where they, you know, they were going at, okay, what do you do with Luka if you're the Warriors? And Charles Barkley was adamant, like, no, you cannot put Draymond on him. Draymond would foul out in a minute. I could just see Draymond at home salivating, literally, uh, about that prospect, or, you know, doubting him. Shaq said Andrew Wiggins. What do you do? Well, I, I think, one, I, I'm not sure it matters entirely, only because it's not that Doncic is like some wonderkin he is, um, but he mismatch hunts like crazy. So, like, let's say you start a possession with Draymond Green on him. It doesn't matter. He's, they're going to run screens in that in, on that possession until he gets the matchup that he wants. And so that's what Dallas has done. They did it in this series against Phoenix. They did it in the series against the Utah Jazz, and they're going to continue to do so in that series. So I think you can get away with Andrew Wiggins being there at the point of attack. He's big enough to handle the size. He's a decent enough defender that you maybe feel a little bit comfortable there. But Doncic is so good at what he does, and the Mavericks are so good at what they do because they're going to – they're going to run screens until he gets the guy that he wants, and then they're going to play five out, and he's going to work from there. So you can talk about who you want on him defensively, unless you're like pre-switching, doing all sorts of things to keep the guy that you want on him on him. They're, the Doncic is going to find the guy that he wants. But I would think initially uh, that Andrew Wiggins is probably going to draw that assignment because he's athletic enough to kind of stay there. Nobody's going to stop Doncic, but you can kind of live with him playing that role and then have excuse me, Draymond Green uh, filling in as a help defender or anything like that. But I'd assume Wiggins would probably get the first call it's it's so fascinating because it really is is this the warriors last stand is this still the warriors like i picture when we we're kids that red light green light like you can see the grizzlies getting yeah. closer mavs getting closer and just swatting them away at the last minute um sorry about the uh, red light green light reference but it's it's one of these things where you do see the young kids bubbling up and if luca were to win i'm like that's the other thing you think about it. if luca were to overcome the warriors and i don't know win an nba championship what couldn't he do moving forward in terms of NBA championships? So Warriors, I think, justifiably the favorite, but perhaps not at minus 250. And then there's the East. Uh, we just got through talking about the Celtics and the Bucks and the three-point shooting. I mean, what else do you need to know about that game yesterday? And the Celtics, though, did it without Robert Williams. Um, you know, they were missing smart for a game this series as well, and they beat the defending champions. So the Bucks and the Suns, the two teams in the NBA Finals last last year, gone now gone by the wayside and it's the Celtics in the heat and I said this in the first segment I'm curious what you think Celtics are minus 165 they don't have the home court I would agree that they should be the favorite but the heat like of the four remaining teams people will talk about Jason Tatum and Smart and Brown with the Celtics they'll talk about the beautiful basketball and, and, and the Warriors and the championship DNA they'll talk about Luka but the heat are just kind of this sideshow that happened to be a number one seed that feels like the least talked about number one seed ever. Do you get they've got the home court? Do you think they could possibly show value at plus 135? Uh, so I, I do think like, the, like theoretically there is some value in, in a price like that. You know, I was talking with Jeff Bogle, our former colleague uh, at Beeson here, and he was, you know, running through that the Monte Carlo simulator when I was asking him that. And like a, a team that is favored by the amount that the Heat are in game one, more realistic price, probably like minus 145. So like you're probably th thinking from a price standpoint that there is some literal value in Miami. But you're also talking to somebody who has Boston as the highest power rated team left in the NBA. Not not the Golden yeah. State Warriors. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, not the Dallas Mavericks, not the Miami. To me, it's the Celtics. And, and I think the Celtics are a terrible matchup for the Miami Heat. Like, I like this Celtics team a lot. And I do think, like, with 
Miami, to, to give them credit because they deserve it very much so, they're the best half-court defense in the NBA and especially in the postseason. They are brilliant. They are very similar to Boston. They're comfortable switching one through five. They're going to be very sound in terms of their schemes on that end of the floor. There's a lot to like about them, and this isn't to discredit anything that they have done because they did what they needed to do. They got the one seed in the East. They had a relatively easier path to this point right now. They're going to be well-rested. Boston had to deal with the seven-game series. They've been sitting back and waiting for their opponent. So there are some advantages to where they're at at this point. But I just like this Celtics team so much and what they provide that to me, like I wouldn't be personally betting on the Miami Heat because I do think that this is going to be a little bit closer to a shorter series for Boston than it would be a long and dragged out like best of seven type thing. I wonder, I just really wonder if we're all sleeping on the Heat. Heat, by the way, tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. yeah, tomorrow night is game one of the Eastern Conference Final, game one of the Western Conference Finals, Wednesday, NBA dark tonight. Heat favored by one and a half. Uh, 203 and a half is the total in that. And then uh, Wednesday, Warriors favored by five and a half with the total there at, uh, what is that, 260, what am I saying, 215 there? Is that what I'm saying? Um, uh, yeah, I got 214 and a half yeah. on my screen. So, I mean, what's the best bet side or total tomorrow or Wednesday in your opinion? So I've, I've already bet both. I took both dogs uh, in, in both of these games. It took five and a half with Dallas. I took two with the uh, Boston Celtics. If you, For me, it's just looking at both of these teams. You can make an argument. So we talked about the Mavericks potentially being undervalued. This Boston team is eight and three against the spread in the 11 games that they have played in this postseason. And, you know, that varies on the, the way you had the uh, number for game three up in Milwaukee, right? They cover that number, whatever it is. But you can make the argument that Boston itself has been a very undervalued team throughout this postseason. And they have continued to deliver. And I think when you look at this from the standpoint of where these two teams are rated, I do think that Boston here, this should be a little bit closer to like one by my number, maybe even pick. I like this Celtics team a lot. And I could be uh, you know, having them overvalued. But with the way they play defensively, what they can do offensively against Miami and what they like to do with their schemes, I think it's a pretty good matchup there. So I took Boston plus two, and I took five and a half with Dallas. All right, last question, which has nothing to do with betting. If I'm just asking you, JVT, the basketball fan, what's the finals you want to see? Oh, it's got to be Celtics-Warriors, right? Be. Like That's, that's the number one. I, I would love to watch that thing happen. That'd be awesome. I worried you were going to say Celtics-Mavericks, but that is, I think, the <laughs> consensus correct answer. Thank you, John. Enjoy it all, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody, at me, JVT, on the Twitter machine. Hardwood Handicappers, again, the name of the podcast. Our senior NBA analyst. Sports Odds History, a little look down memory lane next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July, the next few months. Going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's MLB Best Bets on a daily basis. Jonathan Von Tobel, Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil breaking down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lots of NFL preseason coverage as well when the time comes for that. Not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily Best Bets email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. So, Jeff, do you think in the end, the way that Milwaukee played it, what we were talking about earlier, do you think that will affect anybody else's behavior? We'll never know, right? But do you think that will affect anybody else's behavior in, in future NBA seasons if they were given truth serum as to how they played last game? Well, Milwaukee thought they checkmated Boston. Look how that turned out kind of thing. I wonder. I think only time will tell there. Yeah, we'll never time know. Time will tell. We'll never know. But I, I will say this again. I don't think it was the difference, but I will grant you. Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard going to go ballistic from three in Milwaukee in a game seven. Hard to imagine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in this uh, gentleman who's been kind enough to uh, join us through the years at different times. He runs a, a website called SportsOddsHistory.com. It's Blake Mahoney. How you doing, Blake? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Blake, can you just give everybody a, a, just an idea as to uh, when you started this, why you started this, and, and uh, what was the inspiration for starting the, uh, the website? Right, so I uh, started the website back in 2009. Uh, I'm from Denver, and Denver had reached the uh, Western Conference Finals, and I just wondered what their odds were to to win the Western Conference, and I couldn't find it anywhere, so I just uh, just got the idea to kind of start a site to archive uh, futures odds. 
And how are you able to, and so it, when you go back now and you're still looking for historical numbers, you know, beyond 2009, when you started logging them yourself, what has been the biggest obstacle? What sport has been the hardest to get historical odds from? And, and, and beyond that, what has been the, uh, the most sort of frustrating part of the experience? Uh, let's see here. So uh, my, the biggest source I found that, that I didn't find until uh, 2018 is a website called newspapers.com. And uh, being able to go back to about the mid-80s or so of, you know, sort of the, the pre-flop, pre-season uh, odds to win the various championships. Uh, so it, it's really trying to find those odds before the, the mid-80s is it, it just wasn't as big of a thing to find those those futures odds. You said newspapers.com? Correct. Newspapers.com. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like the microfish, uh, but it, it's much easier to, to use. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I pictured. I pictured you on microfish all day long, like looking for old ones. <laughs> right. like, that would be a frustrating exercise. Okay, so you put out something. This, rego- this is related to the NBA now. Uh, since 1988, what did you uncover here? Right, so uh, there's only been uh, three teams, uh, and that now includes Dallas, that uh, were a plus 200 or greater underdog in both the first round and the second round uh, and reached the conference finals. So we got Dallas this year, who was uh, two, plus 245 versus Utah in round one, and then plus 240 versus Phoenix in round two. Uh, to reach the conference finals, but there were, there were only other two other teams, and that was 1995 uh, Houston Rockets, who also uh, matched up against Utah in round one and Phoenix in round two. They were plus 210 in both of those series. And then the 89 Bulls were uh, plus 350 versus Cleveland in round one. That's when Jordan hit his uh, famous shot over Elo, and then plus 300 versus the Knicks in round two. Okay, so let me let me just repeat that because your work connection is a little janky here, Blake. So I, uh, I'll just get a couple things from here. But the Dallas Mavericks, right. just to reiterate, plus two forty five versus Utah round one, plus two forty versus Phoenix round two, become only the uh, the third team since nineteen eighty eight to reach the conference finals after being a plus two hundred or greater series dog in the first and second rounds. The Houston Rockets of ninety five, who ended up winning it all. Uh, plus 210 versus Utah in round one, plus 210 versus Phoenix in round two, and the 89 Bulls plus 350 versus Cleveland, then plus 300 versus the Knicks. As with so many things that have happened here in recent sports history, I'm surprised that it's only been three teams to reach the conference finals like that. That was also surprising, Jeff, the other day when, uh, was it uh, Dylan Cease had 11? Dylan Cease was only the second guy to ever record 10 strikeouts in the first four innings of a baseball game, which I thought was super surprising that he was only the second to get 10 strikeouts. I know he had 11, but he was only the second to get 10. Uh, and then uh, what was the other thing we saw the other day where I was just like, really? Oh, the, the Reds and the no-hitter where they lost. I'm surprised that happened six times. So a lot of these things are, are always surprising. One last thing, Blake, because, again, the connection is a little uh, subpar, but it, you, you looked into because it's the French Open this week starting on Sunday, the second major of the tennis schedule on clay, and you went back in French Open odds history, and what was the uh, sort of big find there? Right, so uh, there's been a fair number of, uh, you know, especially on the women's side uh, of um, – players that were in the, you know, uh, odds on favor or real small, uh, you know, plus 100, the, the plus 180 range. And, uh, you know, the majority of them have uh, gone on to win or at least more than half. Uh, you have Serena in 2013, she was minus 133 uh, pre-tournament and went on to win. Uh, Justine uh, Hennen was and the plus 160 to plus 180 range in 2005 to 2007 won each time. Uh, and then you have Steffi Graf in the early 90s. Uh, she won, uh, let's see, two of the three times that she was uh, even or, uh, the odds-on favorite. And then Martina Hingis uh, also was in that uh, plus 100 to plus 140 range and won uh, two of those years from 97 to 2000. 
All right, Blake, we appreciate it. SportsOddsHistory.com, always some great uh, stuff there. And uh, you can be found on Twitter at SOHistory. Blake, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Blake Mahoney, everybody, from SportsOddsHistory.com. So what he was saying there with the uh, the women's side of the French Open, Jeff. And so I have come out here, uh, famously made the bet on Iga at the 2020 French Open, where she was 33 to 1, got some 33 to 1s, got some 30 to 1s, she hit. We all know that story. But really, you have to go. And then since then, obviously, we followed Iga. Iga's won 28 straight matches. She's dropped one set, you know, in that entire span. And the story that, you know, I, I said since then, I've said she's going to win multiple majors. She's going to win double digit majors, was my first proclamation. And then I said she's going to be the greatest player of all time. Well, now what these odds really uncovered is if you go back, when you go back into the Steffi Graf, Monica Seles time period, and this is what I, I said last week, I said she's basically, we're basically entering Steffi Graf territory, I said. Monica Seles, the 1992 French Open, she was minus 163 uh, preflop. Steffi Graf in 93 was minus 125, as she was in 1995. You have not had a woman... Oh, pardon me, with the exception of Serena in 2013, as he just said, minus 133, be a minus number heading into the French Open. And yesterday, for the first time, we saw that with Iga. Iga in minus numbers. Now, you might be able to find a plus 100, plus 105 out there, um, but she is now drifting towards, again, the Steffi Graf, Monica Seles uh, sort of range. And so that gives you a betting context, what we're dealing with here. Now, if we go to my my futures here in tennis, here in the recent history. Now, these are not the match-by-match ones, but these are the futures. Indian Wells, again, you see a lot of green with Sviatek there at plus 754 times, plus 480, a fifth. Didn't win on Nadal. Miami Open, all Iga, every which way. I mean, just eight different bets on her at different numbers. Madrid, we lost on Paula Bedosa, by the way, 10-1. to 1. So the French, we are set up as spectacularly as possible. I hope people jumped on these when we mentioned them. Iga, plus 450, three different ways. Carlos Alcaraz, 11 to 1, three different ways, 7 to 1, four different ways. Iga is now in minus money or, or, or very short plus money. The thing on the men's side, and we'll just point this out again, the thing on the men's side is this. Three guys can win it, with the exception, uh, with, with the apologies to Stefanos Tsitsipas, who would be the fourth short shot, who plays really well on clay. It's either Rafa, who's won 13 of these, but appears to be, you know, dealing with injuries. It's either him, it's either Djokovic, it's either Alcaraz. It, it's one of those three. That's the story. And so if you can get, if you could have gotten those numbers, those were great bets. Don't know that it's going to get home in the end. But currently, if you were jumping into these markets, is there a player you would take besides Fiatek or one of the three I just mentioned on the men's side? I don't know. I mean, on, the, on clay is the issue. When we get to Wimbledon and grass, the next tournament, there's absolutely answers on the women's side to that question. It's not Ega and everybody else. But on clay, it's just really tough to recommend. Again, Drew Densick will be on the show tomorrow. We'll have our French Open podcast on Thursday. And I will ask that question. Beyond Sviatek, beyond the big three, substituting Alcaraz for Federer here as the big three on the French, in the French Open, who might you make a play on? I don't have an answer to any of those currently. I really don't. Wimbledon, different story. We'll come back and we will talk to, well... Why don't we talk to who's next? Who are we talking to next? Fortin Ball is next. Ford. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff, another reason why that, that whole like last day thing of the regular season is disingenuous for people to be like, oh, you see, if they had, if they had, if they played it differently the last week, they would have had the home court and they would have won it. They lost Chris Middleton in between, so it's like, as as Felica points out on text, as we were saying earlier, it's like you can't, you can't make that conclusion. You can't draw that conclusion. Well, again, you can, but it's not the best argument for why no, they lost. No. It's a bit disingenuous. A bit, yeah, bit retroactive. Went, yes. The best argument why they lost is what we said earlier. Chris Middleton's in the series. They win the series. He wasn't there. They lose. I'd say the best argument is four of 33 from three versus 22 of 55. Big difference. I would say that's the best argument. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who never brings enough energy to the program. We invite him back yet again, just in case he does have energy. It's Joe Fortenball from Daily Wager. How you doing, Joe? Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. One other point to bring up with what you were just talking about. I think everyone glossed over this because Brooklyn lost so bad. But remember the argument that the Celtics were idiots for grabbing the higher seed than Milwaukee because they got Brooklyn and Milwaukee got the cakewalk with Chicago? Well, that turned out to be completely wrong because Boston ran right through the nets and the Bulls actually gave the Bucks at least a fight in game two. So, you know, I, that's, that, that argument has jumped around since the end of the postseason. I, I'm glad you guys were touching on it, though. Yeah, no, it's a, we're, we're sort of saying, like, it's, it's, it'd be like, uh, you know, it's a little confirmation bias to say that was what, why it ended up the way that it did. Right. Yeah. Um, Joe, listen, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You are one of the stars of Daily Wager on ESPN2. And Bet on ESPN+. Plus. Tell us about that show for people who are unaware. Digital show. Uh, jumps around scheduling-wise a little bit depending on time of year, but Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, middle of the day, right around uh, 1 o'clock Pacific, so 4 p.m. Eastern, 30 minutes, no commercials straight through. You're covering just about everything in gambling, from the topical stuff of the day to the in-the-weeds type stuff, looking for best bets. So it's been a lot of fun to do. It's more of a free-flowing conversation than what you'll find on Daily Wager. So it's a nice little complimentary piece, in my opinion. Oh, a little more free-flowing. Is that to say that the Daily Wager, like, so you are very, I'm just trying to get inside baseball here. You know exactly what you're going to say, the moments you have to say it on Daily Wager. It's just a different animal, I guess, is what you're trying to say. I'd say with Daily Wager, it's a really fast-moving show for anyone who's familiar with it. I mean, we come right out, you set the show up, you jump into your topics, you're, you're moving to, to guests, you're moving to analysis, you're moving to stats packages, treatments, analysis on the desk, onto this game, and it's boom, 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 a lot of rapid fire because we're trying to get a lot of information out there. Bet isn't going to move as fast as that. You're going to have some time to discuss the games a little bit deeper, more like you would on radio versus TV to begin with. So it gives you an opportunity to flesh out some conversations, perhaps a bit more in-depth than you would on Daily Wager, for example. Okay, so you were doing San Francisco morning radio for many, many years. I believe it was 25 years, Joe, as I recall it. <laughs> I'm not that old. Yeah. Uh, but, Six years. Yes. Six was the number. But you were there for all of the Warriors championships, if I'm not mistaken? All of them? 
So that's the one thing the Bay Area hates about me. I shouldn't say the one thing. There are plenty of things they hate about me. But I would say the first thing is that I, I made it a shtick that that dynasty doesn't happen without your boy. Because no I arrived in December of 2014, and that month they went on like a 12- or 13-game winning streak, which kind of got people paying attention to what they were doing. And that started the dynasty. That was the first year that they won the title. So my big shtick was always, hey, without me – you know, you, you, you wouldn't have this. But what people didn't realize a great counterpoint was the Giants had just won three just and five. Yeah. And when I showed up, they stopped winning. Yeah. So that would have been the easiest way to cut me down. So completely responsible for the Giants uh, not winning World Series titles, but 100% responsible for the Warriors right. dynasty. I see. <laughs> right. So, I had so much influence. <laughs> so so let me just ask this. Now, obviously, the, the, the easy answer to this question is, well, KD's not there. But I'm curious what you as a keen observer of the Warriors throughout those dynasty years, what you, I mean, look, they refer to the championship DNA all the time now, right? Steph Curry even makes fun of himself. He goes, I know I've said it many times. I'll say it again. We have the championship DNA. But beyond the KD subtraction, what is it about this team that gives you pause where you're like, okay, this is, this is what's missing primarily from this team that worries me about them heading into a Maverick series and beyond this year? Great question, because I think that's exactly how you should break down this series. you got to start with what's wrong with Golden State, because there's plenty. Number one, turnovers and ball security used to be an absolute priority for this team during the dynasty, with or without Durant. They were a team that, and now they're more towards the middle of the pack, I believe, but they used to be really big on high assist numbers, low turnovers. They used to talk about that in press conferences after games. They'd be Draymond especially, would look at the box score and look at the assist-to-turnover ratio. That was really big for them, assists because of all the ball movement that they kind of ushered in that era, and now everybody's doing it. You see it in college as well. And then cutting down the turnovers turnovers, which in any sport is going to be important. They're sloppy now. They're real sloppy now. You look at that Memphis series, I think they hit like 15 or 16 turnovers in almost every game. They have these mental lapses, and they have something they didn't have as much of during the run, which are these brutal, cold shooting streaks. Guys like Clay and Steph are going to go cold. That's going to happen. We saw that during the absolute best years for them. But the, the length at which some of these shooting streaks, opening games, missing your first 15 threes, they struggled way more with Memphis than that old squad would have. And again, with or without Durant, that killer instinct that they used to bring where they would finish things off, you would have never seen them during the dynasty, again, with or without Durant, show up in a game five like they did at Memphis and just get rolled. And then laughing and joking and shaking it off on the, on the sideline, that's not something they did. Um, so you see a little bit more of it now. So ultimately, that's what I'd be concerned with more than anything are the turnovers and these brutal shooting stretches where they just can't buy a bucket. They're plus 135 to win it all, Joe. They're the short shot. Should they be? I don't think so. I, I, I think the main reason for that is that you look at their competition versus what Boston's going to face, and you say, well, Boston's probably going to have a tougher run. They don't have home court. Golden State looks like the team. Of the four that are left, I mean, the least inspiring performance in the last round was probably Golden State. You've got to look at Dallas and say, all right, you had won every home game but you couldn't get it done on the road right up until Game 7 when you smacked Phoenix out of the playoffs. you got to respect Dallas for what they bring to the table. It's elite defense, too. When those games are in Dallas, that defense and crowd show up. They might have the best home court advantage of any team that's left in the playoffs. The Warriors have put together some sloppy basketball. I mean, if that was happening with a full-strength John Morant the whole way, fine. But when Morant falls out of the lineup, and the guy in the series was averaging 38 points, six boards, and eight assists per game, and you can't close, and you can't make it look convincing, that's troublesome. Boston, meanwhile, is going to take on Miami. I mean, I, I think they should be the favorite. I, I, I'm sure we're going to get into this in a second. I see them losing game one, and I think the best opportunity will be to bet them after that. But I would put the Celtics as the favorite. I get that the competition's tougher, but I don't have a ton of faith in Miami given what I saw against Philadelphia. So that's your strategy. Have the Heat win game one and then jump in on the Celtics. Dive into that. That's what I'd be doing. I'm going to play Miami in Game One because I think the turnaround from Game Seven to Game One is going to be too much for Boston. That series was taxing. Seven yeah. games. You faced elimination in Game Six and Game Seven. You came back to win. It's the most resilient team in basketball. I was tweeting about this yesterday. Like the Boston Celtics are what I love about professional sports: the physical and mental toughness they bring to the table. Rather than quitting like James Harden every year when the going gets tough, rather than walking away, they lose Game One in that series, 
They come right back punching in game two. They did the same thing after they lost game five when so many people thought they would just fall into the toilet after blowing that game. Mentally, they come back stronger than ever. They started the season, what, they were like 11-18 and 18 or 16-21, and 21, something like that, to open the year. And then they went 33-10 and 10 to close it. But I think it's going to be a tough turnaround to face a well-rested Miami team. So I do like Miami to get them in game one. I like the under in that game. I like the under for the Boston team total. The shooting's been great from three over their last two games. I think there's going to be some regression there. And then after that, that's going to be your opportunity to get a better price on the Celtics. Because after what we saw against Milwaukee, you can't get disgruntled with a team like Boston if they go down 1-0 in this series. They're more than capable of coming back against a squad like Miami. All right, Joe, we have uh, only 30 seconds left, so I just put you on the spot for this last 30 seconds. But we just came off uh, NFL scheduling fever last week. Did you have one sort of well too far in advance, middle of May NFL take on next year? Could be a team that you think people are too high on or too low on. Two bets. I play the Colts at even money to win the AFC South. People always ask me if that's because of Matt Ryan. He's stable. I don't think he's great. I think Tennessee is going to take a big dip, though. And I think with Houston and Jacksonville rebuilding, even money for the Colts to win that division is a good price. Number two, Miami minus 160 to miss the playoffs. I am not a believer in that squad. I'm not a believer in Tua. Mike McDaniel was an offensive coordinator for one year. One, and he didn't even call the plays. Now he's the head coach of the Dolphins. The final six games are brutal on that schedule. Joe, love you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Gil. Take care, buddy. You too. Joe Fortenbaugh. Quickest hang-up in the business as well. Wes Reynolds next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.